and back once again for another episode of Short and Sweet, where we celebrate all things food and drink in and around Cape Ann. I am Corey Kukru, along with my co-host, Heather Atwood. Welcome back, Heather. Thank you, Corey. We nice ride to see again. You. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that we wanted to do when we started this podcast was sure lock, talk to local chefs, local bakers, people involved in the farms here. But a big thing we wanted to do was emphasize home cooks. Exactly. There's so many great ones on Cape Ann. Yeah. And I mean, great. They're cooking some pretty amazing things. Yeah, and we're being joined by one of them today. I can't believe I haven't met her before. <laughs> Peg Lico, how are you? Hi, Corey. Thanks for joining it's great us. to finally meet you I as know. well. I'm excited to be here today with you two, especially yeah. with Heather, a good I, friend. Yeah. I have to, yeah, we're good, very good friends, but I have to talk about meet the first time I ever met Peg Lico. Oh. Mm. Okay? She was walking into Willowrest to give Melissa a piece of her cake. Okay, oh, really? There, there are not many people who are walking into Will Arrest with cake. Yeah. Okay? And she was like, look at this. I think it was a blueberry cake. Yeah. And she and you were so excited about it, and it looked beautiful. And she, and you recognized me, and you showed me the cake. I'm going to go give this to Melissa because she needs to have it. It was very a wonderful moment. And that's when I knew Peg was not only a really passionate home cook, but she had fire. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. She, she, to... to Take that a piece of that cake and take it into Will Arrest to give to Melissa. That was just not – that was the extra move, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's one thing to take, bake a really good cake, take a picture of it, and put it on Facebook. But then to take it to Melissa at Will Arrest, that was great. Well, you know, I really think that it was just a gesture of welcome from me and to say I love good food and I've heard that you love good food too. Yeah. Exactly. So tell us, introduce yourself for us, Peg. Peg. Mm. T- tell us like where you grow up and your background and, and how your, where your interest in food comes from. Let's see. Well, I grew up actually in East Gloucester on Bass Avenue. I watched Stop and Shop be built. Mm. One of my childhood goals was to be a bagger at Stop and Shop. <laughs> <laughs> was that achieved? <laughs> no, but I still think it looks like a pretty good job. Yeah, there's still there's spots available. That's yeah. right. Um, and so uh, then we moved close to Rocky Neck. I lived over that way for a while. Uh, lived over by Friendly's for a while. Mm. Uh, went to Gloucester High School. A stint at UNH when in studying environmental sciences. Uh, had a little stint as an operating room technician at Boston City Hospital, which I loved. Uh, that must have been a wild job. It was so yeah. fascinating. Yeah, like I in the it. 80s? It's not nearly as bloody as you think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a teaching hospital, and so the surgeons were teaching me all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it was like being in medical school. It was just terrific. I loved yeah. it. But then I had a baby. And that meant I wasn't going to get up at 4 o'clock to bring the baby to daycare to get on the train to work at Boston City. So I kind of retired from that uh, and uh, had another baby. So I have two kids, Caroline and Andrew, and uh, was busy raising them, was a single parent for a long time, uh, worked at Head Start, got a scholarship through Head Start, got my associate's degree in social work and started working in transitional housing. So, um, where along the way does the passion for cooking now that's really interesting because, truthfully, I didn't have a big passion when I was busy raising young kids. Mm. I had a passion for trying to find foods that were inexpensive and nutritious for my kids. And I remember that uh, uh, the director of Head Start told me it was more important 
to spend that little time I had with my kids and give them a sandwich for dinner than it was to worry if I had three green things on the plate every night. Mm-hmm. That's re- a really good tip. Yeah, and that I think is... it's true for everybody that's working now. Take some time. Go play with your kids. Yeah, don't get all, you know, fussed about the dinner having to be really spectacular. Right. Yeah. The so then, you know, in. really literally as time went on, you know, I, I digressed into cooking more, entertaining. I remarried. Bought a, we built a beautiful house right on the river. It's great for entertaining, and I love to entertain. So kind of my food love developed then. Then I wanted to learn a certain recipe for scones, so I got a job at a bakery where they made the scones. Really? Scooped the recipe. <laughs> Some people go to a cookbook, we, but Peg gets a new yeah, job. You went yeah. undercover. Yeah. You yes. went undercover, basically. Undercover. I'm telling you, she takes it the extra mile yeah. all the time. Just so... Uh, <laughs> And so that is how my love for baking developed. Baking and from Do you scratch. want to name that bakery where you were working? Hmm. No. No. <laughs> okay. No. But I worked at several others, and and through the years, I worked a lot of restaurants. Um, so my cooking and baking skills kind of came with age and work. Hmm. The baking thing for me has come later in life. You know, and I love it. I I just love it. So there was no grandmother or mother in that kitchen when you were growing up on Bass Avenue who was making something interesting? You know, honestly, both my grandmoms passed away. I mean, one held me and died the next day after I was born. So I didn't have any Grammys or nannies. Yeah. Um, But uh, I had family that loved food. Um, My mother, I don't know that she loved food, but she made great food. Um, I had the influence of being married to a Sicilian guy, so that influence came in for quite a while. And I was raised uh, around a lot of Swedes on Cape Ann. And so I I loved the Swedish and Nordic foods as well. So oh, interesting. Just my history. you know. Yeah. We also know each other from Spear and Lodge at, in Rockport. Oh, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's a great, fun um, Nordic fraternal organization. Mm. And... I asked to join so that I could learn to make nisu. <laughs> and now I've been a member There's for, a I theme think, here. Like eight or nine <laughs> years. <laughs> well, I'm hoping Barbara Lynch needs a house cleaner. <laughs> Barbara, if you're listening. That's really funny. All right, I'm so your neighbor. I could walk. <laughs> there you go. When, when Peg shows up at your doorstep, you have to check your like your, your refrigerator. What do I got here? What you looking for? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... I like to cook, I like to bake, and I love to feed people. Mm. And I think that's a Cape Ann thing. Yeah, I think so, too. I think. There I mean, I of... think this island mentality where, you know, when trouble comes, we all take care of each other. And, and I also love that in Cape Ann, on Cape Ann, you can just call your friends and say, come as you are, come as you are, as I did the other night. My friend just gave me two bushels of steamers. So I, I actually parceled out steamers to eight different people. I have a friend who showed up at my house with steamers over the weekend. They were incredible, and yeah. they were from your body of water, I think. Yeah. They were really, really so good. good. Yeah. They clam in my front yard, actually. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, yeah. Right, they, right off my float. That so. might have been where they came from. My grandkids love that. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because we had, when my mom was on talking Madiga Steaks, she said that echoed the same sentiments, that basically she just loves providing and cooking for everybody and having people over and sharing that experience. Yeah, with and folks. you know it doesn't have to be fancy. If it's your friends, 
just give them a holler. Yeah. Hi, I made a, a big casserole. Come on over. Well, and I think part of that is, you now your mother's half Sicilian, yep. and you have the Sicilian people in your lives. I think that's a big part of that influence. Well, our whole lives are just spent in the kitchen. That's right. just where everyone's together, that's and exactly that's, right. I mean, that's where you go. That's yeah. the hub. That's exactly right. And I think that, you know, I have uh, uh, Canadian roots. Both sides of my family are from Cape Breton. Mm. And um, I can tell you that when you go to Cape Breton and somebody invites you in for tea, you must not say no <laughs> because it is really an invitation to become a friend. Huh. Yeah, it's really their most generous offer is, you know. Do Come they in serve, for a cuppa? Do they serve scones with that tea? Uh, they serve bannock. Oh, right. What is you that? Know what bannock is? I have seen the word. It's, it, it's, it looks like a baking powder cake slash biscuit. I was going to say like a biscuit. It's a, yeah. it's a round, and yeah. they slice it in wedges. Yeah, it's yeah. really delicious. Currants in there? Raisins? Sometimes. Yeah. I've had it plain mostly. Huh. Tea and bannock. Tea and bannock. <laughs> Come in for tea and bannock. <laughs> well, we don't have that here in Cape Ann. Tea we and bannock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got like a cup of coffee and a, well, in Rockport. A it piece might... of nisu. I was going to say a piece of nisu, exactly. Yeah. <gasps> well, let's move on to this gorgeous bowl of pasta that you have brought today. Tell us the story here, Peg. Uh, I had seen that folks were making this dish. I'd seen it, I think, in neighborhoods, heard about it, seen it on maybe a, in a cookbook. Like what, two years ago, ten oh, years gosh, ago? Oh, gosh, no. This was when my kids were in high school, and my baby is 39 this year. So, um, so it was quite a while ago. But um, what I really loved about it was that um, – I switched it up because it's made traditionally with broccoli rub, which is a bitter green in from the broccoli family. So let's back up and introduce the dish. Yeah. Let's give it a name. Okay. This is my orichetti with broccoli, sausage, and parmesan. Mm. It's a four-ingredient dish, which makes it really great for families, and it's not expensive. That was the other thing for me, you know. Um, we had college debt for my daughter and yep. other things and concerns. And um, so we were really trying to be careful. And you're a single mom. Well, I had remarried. Oh, okay. But, you know, David was working at the Times. So that's not a big paycheck, folks, though we loved it. Um, and so uh, so this was a recipe that I developed for my kids. Um, uh, my son loves it. It's his favorite dish. Kids love it. And you can get kids to eat broccoli in this dish. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the original recipe has broccoli rob in it. Right. Do you want to talk about broccoli rob and why some people love it and some people do not love it? Bitter. It's bitter, folks. So um, uh, it's like bitter greens, like dandelion or even maybe not peppery like arugula, but it, it has a distinct flavor. And it was a distinct flavor that you either love or do not love. And I knew my kids would not love it. Most kids don't love that right. taste, yeah. Um, and I was—I always had the goal, well, right from when they were babies, I made their baby food and, and used family food in the blender and, and gave it to them. And so I just really, it was another way to get a green and a protein into a dish that you can put together in 35 minutes and serve to your family. So you had heard that about people making this dish like right, in the community. Right. I did a little Googling and realized it is actually technically from Puglia, 
which ah. is part of Sicily. Yeah. That would be the, the heel and the Achilles part of Sicily. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it does actually have Sicilian roots, and I suspect it came here into the Gloucester community through uh, – through from Sicily, right? So, does it did it have a name? Did, were people not like that a Gloucester I ever name? Knew. I, yeah. I don't think it ever did. I think it kind of was, you know, Orecchetti Carab. Yeah. Uh, you know. Did your mom make it, Corey? Not often. No, it was always different pasta dishes. But she did. She made her own pasta too. Uh, do right. you do that with? with do, you, do you ever do your own pasta? I do make my own pasta yeah. sometimes with my son. We enjoy doing that together. But you know, when you want to put dinner on the table in less than an hour, mm-hmm. these are also called Pope's hats. These little pasta. You can see them right there in the little fish dish. And right. I thought, uh, or it, or Kathy means little ears, too. It can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I think literally in Italian. Right. So it's a dish that when you take, when you revisit it and yeah. take away the broccoli rob and add regular broccoli, yeah. you, a, a family can have that on the table in how many minutes? Under 40. Pretty good. And how much do you think it would cost to feed a family of four? This is why I brought in the two different types of orichetti you see in that little dish. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So uh, on one side is a smoother one. That's the pastine. My side, it looks like. Yep. Yeah, right. towards yeah. Heather. Um, that's pastine. I grabbed that at Market Basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other side Probably ninety nine for that box. Yeah, it's yeah. not much. On the other side is a beautiful Italian-made um, orchetti that um, is ridged and a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to thank Virgilio's for donating that. Oh, oh beautiful. Did yeah. they? Thank you, Virgilio. So nice. Yes. I, I also want to thank Scafani's for the loaf of bread I've forgotten oh, left so in the good. car. <laughs> Sorry, Scafani's. What? You left it in the car? Right. Oh, no, no. All right, we'll okay, go get it Corey before be right she Becky, run out to the car, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, get the bread. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank Market Basket for uh, donating the cheese. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, that is so, so that's cool. Nice. Yeah, we thank them, too. Just trotting around. Talk about community, right? Well, the fact of the matter is... I, I did that intentionally because I really wanted to promote our two wonderful Italian groceria stores that are wonderful bakeries and also carry great Italian groceries. They do. You know. Yeah. So Virgilio's and Sclafani's. Virgilio's oh, yeah. and Sclafani's, right on even keel for me. Yeah. One is not better than the other. I love them both. I agree. They're institutions that we should promote and you know, shop at. Absolutely. What's also cool, great about the families as well is they're the same, they're complimentary of each other as well and often work uh, hand in hand too. Yeah, right. So, oh, yeah. isn't that yeah, nice? Yeah, I mean, it really, you know. Yeah. yeah. They don't see each other as competition. No. No. Yeah. no. And if Truppiano's was still around, right. I would have gotten the sausage from yeah. Truppiano's. You know. know. But the sausage here is just the simple, plain, market basket, sweet Italian sausage. Mm. You don't have to get the fennel, don't get anything fancy. You just brown it in a big fry pan. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you've got your water on for your pasta. <clears throat> you chop up your broccoli really fine into little crowns. You can you can peel the stalk and chop up chop chop up the stalk. Don't waste it. Mm-hmm. Um, set that aside while your sausage is. I take the sausage meat out of the sausage casing, and break it up with a wooden spoon and brown it up. I browned it a little extra today just for the camera, mm-hmm. but make sure it's 
no pink is left because it doesn't cook a second time, really. Uh-huh. So and we'll post the recipe, but tell us here yeah. how much sausage do you use? I used, mm, that was just under a pound and a pound bag of the orchetti. And I measured the parmesan. I grated about a cup and a quarter of that, and there were three cups of the broccoli florets. So it's not a, an expensive dinner. And this I mean, is going to feed more than four. I one crown yeah. of broccoli, the package of pasta, mm. the sausage. The Parmesan cheese is probably the most expensive. Uh, I priced it at Market Basket the other day. It was uh, two for $5 for the, for the domestic Belgioso mm-hmm. and $4 for the bag of ground. Mm. Parmesan. So it's probably See, a better deal to get the unground, but... Um, yeah, just look because, you know, the prices vary. Right. Just say, please don't use that craft in the green can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, go for... Go Escape for, in. Use the real thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, and if your kids... You know, you can do it with just oil and salt and pepper if you your kids are... Or you don't want to use cheese. Yeah, or you could add the cheese uh, on at top. The, on the yeah, table, exactly. at the right. table. Yeah. But, you know, and the other thing I do that I learned from Lydia Battistelli, the great TV cook and chef, is that you scoop out a little of the pasta water with a mug and set it aside. And when you combine everything in the pan with the sausage, you put in a little bit of the water and cook it on high for just a couple of minutes and melds all the flavors to the oh. pasta. That's a really important part that I think a, and a lot of people know about, but for anyone who doesn't know about it, it becomes an entirely different dish. Really? Yeah. When you toss, toss, toss with that little bit of extra water that has some starch in it, it turns everything into a sauce. Yeah, it creates like bef- a clinging sauce. Right. Before oh. then, it's just the separate elements on the pasta. But when you toss it for like really five minutes, it becomes yeah. something incredibly different. And I can see that you have that. I can see the starchiness on those pastas. Yeah, you know, I think it just um, helps develop, like you said, a light sauce. It's not a rich sauce. It's no. just the sauce. It's the, the flavors meld right. on top of the pasta. And I probably put almost the whole cup of Parmesan in at the very end. I shut the heat off, toss that all in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before I serve, I just a little olive oil on the top and a little sprinkle of Parmesan. And there's supper. And you're only and using it's the... not dinner, it's supper. Right. <laughs> you're only using the florets, right? Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. You can use the whole stock. Okay. You just have to peel it and chunk it up into yeah. small pieces. So you it know, cooks it's, the same. It's not tough. Yeah. Right. And it's nutrition and you just paid for it. If you have it on your stock, use it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to taste this, but I want to have a short conversation with you, Peg, about your shirt. Oh, my shirt. <laughs> yep. Yes. And I, we also. Heather asked me to wear my shirt, folks. <laughs> I did. I did. And uh, Peg descri- is self-described as a radical feminist. Yeah. And she and I have sort of intersected also in that world. And I, she's, you're so active in all kinds of civic ways, I should say. But I think it's really interesting for you and other women and men probably who are living in that place where feminism intersects with domesticity. Exactly. So basically being someone who loves the domestic arts, but you don't see it as a a non-progressive place. Hmm. Exactly. my life is divergent in that way, but I also feel it, it converges. 
So um, I love needlepoint. I love stitching. I, I love those kinds of creative arts. Love feeding family. You have a great love apron collection. making food. <laughs> I have a great apron collection. Love baking. Um, and, I, you know, it just really has never been a conflict in my own life to be able to pursue different goals. You know, I don't see feminism or the uh, radical notion that, that women are people <laughs> or the fight for equal rights or body autonomy as any different than the rest of my domestic life. And your domestic life doesn't have to uh, be negated at all. No, exactly with, with not. That, with oh, no. progressive views. Oh, no. I, I, I'm exactly as proud of being a feminist and fighting as a women's advocate for women's health and women's rights and equal rights as I am about my baking skills. Right. To me, right. they're just a piece of me. Yeah, you know, we all I, have... It, it's, it's not pie, folks. If you give me equal rights, you don't take rights away from Corey to do that. Right. Right. It's not pie. Right. It's exactly. just equal rights. I, almost, I never understood if I have a position open for, say, a graphic designer and it pays $50,000 a year and I have a man and a woman apply for the job, and the woman, I get, the woman earns the job, and right. now suddenly she's just making forty-four thousand a year, and not the fifty. Like it's just, it's. I just don't understand the mentality behind, like why you wouldn't want to offer equal pay, for the job at hand. I just don't understand it. I know it's it well, is it's, it's unfortunate, you know. But for uh, historically, women have accepted lower pay mm. to get the position. And you I know, wanna... at first that was a big fight. Just to get the position was a fight. Right. I want to refer back to, uh, what was it, 20 years ago when Hillary Rodham Clinton was first lady and someone asked her about the work she'd be doing and she said, well, I'm not going to sit around and bake cookies. And do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. And it was, you know, shoving the people who do bake cookies in a corner. Right. Yeah. And, I th- and as, well, you are those people and that's so unimportant. And I think that what we can say is it is really important to find a way to feed our families mm-hmm. and feed them relatively well and to take care of our homes in a way so that there is a certain amount of civility in them so kids can get up in the morning and go to school and be fed and have a sense of, you know, so we can all get our work done, basically, is why it's important to have a healthy home. Well, I think it's so important. Uh, you know, they've researchers have proved time and time again that sitting down to supper or dinner together as a family and conversing, that is one way that you help your children to learn vocabulary, to learn speech patterns, to learn about culture, to learn about history, to learn about the day-to-day working of, of the world. Mm, civility. Right. Yeah, and right. civility, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. So... Just as an aside, for Mother's Day, my granddaughter gave me the female symbol, cookie cutter. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So, Hillary, <laughs> darling, you can do both. <laughs> there you go, right? Well, that could be any number of symbols, though, these days, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes that's Gender neutral. True. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, um, so you know, it's, it's, um, they're both pursuits I, I 
find invaluable to my own self-worth and, and um, to better the world. You know, it's not just about me. I, I'm settled. I'm happy. I'm not going to be having a baby shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but boy, a, rest, a lot of other people are. Yeah. And, you know, we need to work for our kids and our grandkids to have an equitable and fair and discrimination-free society where we... We're just people. Right. Let's just care for one another. I think even more, and we don't have to go too deeply into this, but I'm going to say this because I feel so strongly about it. Child care is, should be a fundamental right. Almost, I feel like it's almost more important than although equal pay is certainly critical. But to have reasonable child care for families is because that's what really keeps women from moving forward because somebody, inevitably it's the mother, has to manage those kids. Sacrifice. Exactly. Or take a lesser job, a part-time job, because there's they can't afford childcare. Well, an interesting fact that many people may not realize is that when you're receiving benefits as a single mom, the more you make, the less you receive. Right. So that seems right, doesn't it? Until you look at it and realize that woman is never going to get out of poverty. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. That's just it, right? So, you know, it should be it's simple people. I know. If you take care of the children and the families, you're taking care of your future. That is it. And if we feed them well. Yes. Yeah. So we have a recipe to the future right here. That's right. right? Let it's me be your child, Peg. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Your mama might have yeah. a fight about that. <laughs> so we don't have to always get into politics when we have a conversation, but can we come visit your home and see you oh. doing some more local cooking soon? Yes. I really would love that. Um, you know, um, we've talked about maybe me doing some baking mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a one bowl cake would be in our future. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what is so interesting about home cooks, right? That they have their feet on the ground. They understand when a recipe is really good and how it can fit into a busy lifestyle or... Or a budget or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly right. And my one worry about coming on was that my hands are a wreck because I've been working in the garden and on the boat and on my deck chair. So they're in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then, Heather, do you want to serve out the the York? Sure, cake? sure, I can then, do that. Pat, while Heather's doing that, do, what can you just explain your what do you love about baking? I love two things about baking. Uh, one is it it's precise; it's chemistry based. Ah. I'm terrible at chemistry, but I understand the chemistry of baking. Um. And the other thing I think I really love about that is eating what I make. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, um, I'm lucky I walk every day like an hour and a half and, and I have good thin jeans. But, um, again, it's it's about um, baking and, and feeding. When my son Andrew was married three years ago, he asked me to make all the desserts and the wedding cakes. <laughs> so I had blueberry cakes and lemon pound cakes in freezers all over Cape Ann. (laughs) And it was great. I I made all the uh, desserts, and I made uh, the wedding cake. Cool. So what is it about? Why the chemistry? Why does that interest you so much? I don't know that it's the chemistry so much as as the process. I, I enjoy the process. It's comforting. 
Mm. For me, it's comforting to to push on the dough for nisu. It's comforting to uh, beat a frosting and and spread it and see, you know, is it going to look great or is it going to look kind of messy or you know? Well, it's kind of a combination of magic and uh, craft, right? I mean, you have the the doing things with your hands right. so intensely. Right. And then the chemistry of it coming together, like frosting. Right. Frosting is right. intense. You mm. know, um, of course, we all love that British baking show, don't we? <laughs> My granddaughter watches it. And when I go out to Saratoga to see see her, she says, Nana, Papa taped a show. Let's go watch it. So, you know, that's another way that um, I'm interacting with my grandkids. They love to bake with me. Um, and I love to bake with them. That's you great. Know? Yeah. I'm hungry, Heather. Okay, I'm super rude. I think you should <laughs> give Corey some. Well, I'm in. Well, I brought oh, I gave Corey some, go. but we didn't bring you anything. Honey, so you... I've eaten it a hundred times. You're I can't this believe on the, on the drive over? I only brought two bowls. It's fine. Okay. We can get yeah. more. Well, you can take that home, right? I will. Okay. So <laughs> David, here we go. my husband is counting on that. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say that um, I'm pretty picky about pasta because I, I, that tossing thing I really feel strongly about, and a lot of people don't do it. And I can tell just by the sheen that it looks just as it should look. Oh, thanks. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's the just the littlest touch of something that mm-hmm. makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is this is it cavatelli pasta? No. Is that the type of pasta? No. Here it is. Casa See right Nona? On the label. The brand you mean? It's Oricetti is the um right. The shape, Corey. Cavatelli is a different shape. Is that more tubular? Yes. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I think literally Yes, Mr. Kukuru. <laughs> we, we need my um Kukuru. Kukuru. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to put a shout-out here to my Mm. best friend in the world, Stefania Vitali, who lives on Lake Como in Italy. And she listened to our first show on Mudiga Steaks, and she had some ideas about where the word Mudiga comes from. But I'm going to hope that she will write, send me a message very soon that we're saying it right, or a caddy. I'm never quite sure which, so I would love to hear... The expert. And also, does it, Stefania, mean little ears? Because right. I think I, that's what I understood. It literally means little ears, yep. which is what it looks like. So, But Pope's caps, too, Right, I think. Right. But this is great. It's, it's light. I love the sausage, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think the broccoli works really well. well. I was worried it might get a little watery because the broccoli rob is just sturdier. Right. But I think this works great. Well, the trick to that for me is the package said 13 to 15 minutes to cook the pasta. Mm-hmm. So I put in, I put that pasta in a lot of water and bring it to a rapid boil and stir it vigorously for probably a minute and a half or two minutes because these caps, they can tend to stick a little bit. Mm. Um, but I put in so much water because I don't cook the broccoli separate. I, cu- I time the pasta for 13 minutes, mm-hmm. and then I dump in that broccoli. Jacket really. In with the pasta. Yep. Oh, I love that tip. Yep. Yeah. So cook the vegetable with the pasta. Yeah, mm. just pop it in. It, right. it, there's florets. You don't want to overcook them. Right. So that's just that last. I bring it back up to a boil one minute. And so one minute the before strainer. the pasta is done, you add the broccoli. Is that what you mean? 
Well, it said 13 to 16 minutes, so I okay. chose 13 minutes. Okay, to and add the broccoli. And then it takes another minute or two for the water to come back up to a boil, mm-hmm. and then one more minute of really cooking and right, right into awesome. the colander. Right. So, And that pastine orchette might cook at a I think it might cook faster. Time. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. just look on the label. Right. And, you know... Al dente is better for this dish because you're going to kind of meld it all together in the sausage pan, in the big flat pan, and and right. it heats more then. Right. You know, I recently um, heard that a new trend in cooking pasta is to undercook it considerably, like by two to three minutes, and finish it in the pan, add more, even more of that water, and actually finish cooking the pasta in the pan with the sauce and maybe a cup of the water. Really? Mm-hmm. I do it with red sauce a lot like that. Finish it in the red sauce? Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a great way to do it. Yeah. I really, I have to give a shout-out to Lydia Bastelli. I think she's Bastinich? Bastinich, sorry. Bastinich, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, Lydia. Um, <laughs> I've given you a, an incorrect name. Um, anyway, I love her cookbooks, and I love her show. And one of the reasons I really like her is because she really spells things out in her cookbook. She describes what a simmer is, Mm. what a light boil is, what a rolling boil is. So she really assumes that you know nothing. Which is a really good position to start from. It's a really good place to start from for people who may not know much. Right, right. You know, and, and so the little tips, scoop some pasta water. Right. Pop it in. Cook it for a couple more minutes so that that sauce is really embedded into the pasta. Right. And I, I thought that was a, just a fantastic tip. Yeah. Do you have your eyes on any other recipes or something you'd like to try to tackle or experiment with? Uh, cooking or baking? Either or. Well, I did make an incredibly fabulous cake for Easter mm. from the British Baking Show Masterclass, which I think is called a rosacea cake. Mm. And uh, the description of it by Mary on British Baking Show said it was a Christmas cake. And, of course, oranges at Christmas are a tradition all over the world. You get an orange in your stocking. They were, you know, they they were cherished Mm. 50 years ago. Hey, you got an orange in the middle of winter. That was a great thing. So I thought, well, why not do it for Easter? And so I made this beautiful genoise, and, and then you, you candy these thin orange slices. Mm. And then you line a bowl with saran wrap, and you put this decorative design of the orange slices, and then you put the genoise, and you make a patisserie cream and a whipped cream and blend that together, and you spread that up along, and then you put another layer of the cake and chopped up orange rind, Oh, and you've got a syrup, the syrup, and a little Grand Marnier in there. Wow. And then it's it's in this bowl. Mm -hmm. So you're putting it in. And then when when you're done, Mm -hmm. you put a plate on top, push for a couple of minutes, and then you sit it right side up with the plate on it overnight in the fridge, and then you plop it onto your platter and... Peel off the saran wrap, huh. and I had six, no, thirteen for dinner on Easter. And the only thing I really cared about is how the cake looked. I would have cared about that cake. 
That sounds intense. It, I have to say, I was quite impressed with my own self. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm impressed. Well, let's wear a Ketty. Right, this is awesome. Have, it's, oh, it's it really tasted. Awesome. It was grand. To, Let yeah. me tell you, that kick was grand. I bet. All right, yeah. so we might have to have the, like, Cape Ann Bake Off. Mm. That would be so, <laughs> yeah. so fun. Wouldn't that be fun? I yeah. think that would be a Home blast. Home cooks. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It would be totally a blast. Well, at least we come to your house and you bake yes. something for us. Yes, and, I will. Yeah. Yeah, so. we'll figure that out you know, once we get off. So thanks so much for spending time with us, Peg. It's been a blast. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And we'll do this again thanks, sometime Heather. soon. Well, thanks thank for asking you. me. What are you making for dinner tonight? That's what I want to know. Well, you're going to have that. I already right. made it, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna, uh, we'll share um, Peg's recipe. Exactly. For the we'll Orchetti as well. Yes. So. All right, yep. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Peg. Thank you.